first learned to swim when I was about four or five years old and I just remember being quite scared and excited before every session. I've got a vivid memory of having like four or five armbands stacked along my arms and the swimming teacher wades over to me and takes two armbands off one arm. And I remember looking up at my mum with like, like scared and excited, like, oh my God, like I'm progressing. Like it was, it was a real exciting moment for me, just knowing that I was improving, I suppose, and that I wasn't gonna be in armbands forever. <laughs> Swimming brings such a great amount of relaxation and yeah, weightlessness. Um, it's something that's just kind of, I think, indescribable to me anyway. It's something that it's just feels like an innate part of me. It feels like I'm, it's what I'm meant to do in a way. Um, sometimes it's really hard. I'm not going to lie. Um, like I compete to quite a high standard, and it's it gets very difficult and very challenging and sometimes it's not where I want to be, if I'm being completely honest. But I know if I didn't have it, I'd be lost without it and it always brings me great joy to when I like really get into it and really get moving and it just feels so natural. It just feels like a second like a second way of walking to me. <laughs> so it's a nice it's a nice thing to have. I never really had a moment where I suddenly realised that I was good at swimming or that I could make the Olympics. For me, it was always about, okay, so we've made regionals, what's the national time? Can we get to nationals? Let's go give it a go. Let's train, let's see what happens. You know, It'll be cool if you do, but if not, don't stress it. You gave it your best shot. And I've kind of taken that mentality with every stage. So I get to the one stage and I'm kind of like, okay, this is really cool to be at the stage. Let's try and just take it a little bit further. I remember celebrating getting my first county time for 50 freestyle. And then I'm swimming at the Olympics for a 10 kilometer marathon. So um, my journey's been long and um, fruitful. It's been long and fruitful. I'm really grateful that it's, um, you know, I'm grateful I stuck with it basically. <laughs> The Black Swimming Association, it's a charity which I helped co-found in, it, it, we officially went live in 2020, but we started chatting in 2019. It's just been, it's been quite a crazy journey and it's really changed my perception on how I understand swimming. We're looking to combat statistics um, like 95% of black adults and 80% of black children in England don't swim. And we don't know how many black people can't swim. So we're really trying to understand the arena that we're playing in, basically. And we're looking to work with um, aquatic governing bodies across all types, like the RLNI, um, like looking at working in boardroom levels and then all the way down to grassroots levels where we're encouraging people to swim, getting people in the water and understanding that they're capable of this. The RLNI are one of our biggest and most important partners and um, always so grateful for their support and expertise but yeah um, personally for me I never associated swimming as a life skill because I saw it as a sport or I, I did I did see it as a sport and now I see it as both I completely it's completely flipped my understanding of swimming first getting to see people learn to swim or floating or just 
taking their first few steps into water when they haven't done this before, where it's terrifying that it's contradicting everything that they thought about safety in a way, you know. Some people's water safety is stay away from the water, which makes sense, but at the same time it doesn't because, like, it, it's a skill. You sh- just, just, if you learn it, then you can keep yourself safe. But um, seeing people take those first steps and really fight a fear that's deep inside of them is very, very powerful. It's very moving. And pretty much any time that I speak about it or see it, I am moved to tears just like I am now, I'm trying to hold them back. So sorry if my voice goes really weird. Um, but yeah, it's it's understanding that they are fighting something deep inside of them and potentially, well, no, giving themselves the opportunity to improve their life. And it sounds quite blunt and base putting it as improve their life, but it does improve your life, improves your quality of life. It gives you something else to, to do as Again, that sounds very blunt and very base, but literally it does. Like I said about going in the sea on holiday, being by the pool. If you want to go do a new exercise, aqua jogging, surfing, rowing, you know, there's so much that water can give you and offer you in terms like like large bodies of water can offer you. So it's just quite amazing seeing people really get those opportunities, especially as adults. My ambition is everybody swimming, everybody learning to swim, everybody being able to swim 25 metres, feel comfortable in and out of water, around water. It's bold, it's big. We have a lot of work to do, but I fully believe it's achievable. The Black Swimming Association and the partnership with the RLNI is striving to have everybody safe in and out of water so um, everybody knows how to swim everybody knows what to do in case any issues arise there's also two great bits of research which the RLNI are funding and the Black Swimming Association are helping carry out one of them is looking into the issues of why black people don't swim so conducting interviews with adults and children to understand these barriers which are affecting them and really gets to the core of why they may not swim, why they haven't learned to swim. So we can go into the community and start to break these barriers down because we have so many ideas about what is affecting black people and Asian people and you know white people as well on people not going to learn to swim. But we need concrete proof so we can best arrange resources and really like tackle these problems. And then the second bit of research as well, which they're they're both very exciting, um, is looking into bone density and looking to dispel this whole idea around black people not being able to float effectively, that we can't swim, that we're naturally not meant to, because I personally am pretty certain it's rubbish. But again, it's one of those things in society which has delved its way in and made this myth kind of like a core belief of science which has stemmed from nonsense in the past and yeah it is to the point now where we we want concrete proof where we can say okay it's it's false it's false then we get we get the results out there let people know and then hopefully we can encourage people to be like oh okay you know it's, it's fake it's not real 
maybe I'll give my lessons a go because I'm capable of it. Hello, it's Phil Coulter here. You've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org 200 Voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.